morning, it's Julie. Um, welcome to the bit outside my house where all the stuff that needs to go to the tip is. So that's an old football table there. It's a good job you can't see the rest. Um, I just thought I would say something because I um, do a lot of coaching work with people in their early 20s and 30s. Who And what I'm noticing, particularly since the pandemic, is that they want something different. So I, I was brought up in, you know, I was at school in the 80s and there was that real sense of having a very linear career and actually probably quite a linear life. So, you know, you went to school. When I went to university, it was free. So if you could do that, you did do that. Um, and then you got a job and then you went higher and higher up that job. And then at some point you retired. And similarly, in your personal life, you dated, you dated, but then you dated, you know, you went steady and then you um, got engaged. Then you got married, then you had children and then you lived happily ever after. Um, so it was kind of very linear. And actually, those two tracks were quite separate. And when I think about that, in some ways, although I was brought up as kind of in the Thatcher era and I went to a really amazing um, state school, but was very liberal and very, um, you know, kind of I did metal work and the boys did cooking and, um, you know, it was a very liberal school. But in a way, what I look back on and think is that although they were challenging gender stereotypes by saying women can go into engineering what we all still had was that model of home and work being separate entities so when I look at a lot of my girlfriends um it's one of the kind of struggles that my generation so you know the women who are in their 50s now faced was that we had been told that we could have it all and so you know a lot a lot of people that I went to school with have done really well um, but what we weren't prepared for was how that works with family and so I remember kind of when I had my first child really battling because my inner kind of role models were work really hard and achieve and also make sure that you're a good mum and be home for the kids. And they seem to be in direct conflict. Um, and I think I've spent a life trying to balance and work a way through that. But what I'm noticing with a lot of my coaching clients in their 20s and 30s is that they maybe because of the pandemic, but maybe also because they've experienced life as being so stressful and pressured. Um, actually they want something different they really do want a life that integrates home and work and allows both of those things to have value um and that's men and women you know that both of them want time with family and with work and so what i'm noticing is that they there's not many role models for them out there of people who have lived that kind of life because I think lots of my generation haven't lived a more integrated kind of life. Um, and that may not be true. So take it with a pinch of salt, but I just, from a series of conversations, I just thought actually, the one thing that I think I 
have done from a very early age was I've designed, and I wouldn't have said this then, but I guess I've lived a life based on lifestyle, what I wanted my life to look like, rather than what I wanted from my job. And so I do, you know, I went to university and I chose that university partly on very poor A-level grades, um, but also because it was green and by the sea. So I didn't even have a clue what the, um, you know, what the course was. I also chose that course because I could go there with a friend. So I, looking back, you know, that's exactly what schools tell you not to do. Um, And then... I went into marketing, it was the 80s, you know, Beaujolais breakfasts, um, you know, uh, dinner and dances at the Hurlingham Club, pims on the lawn, shoulder pads, uh, and I was all right at it. Um, But I couldn't believe that you only got four weeks holiday a year. And I just thought, that's not what I want for the rest of my life. And how would that work if I had children? And at that time, I was in no position to have children, no desire to have children. But I just thought, I can't you know, no amount of money is going to make that worthwhile. So I suppose that was the first point where I started to prioritise a lifestyle and I wouldn't have been able to articulate it then. So then I went off and did my teacher training because, and and I'm eternally grateful to my younger self because what I did in that decision, I just thought, actually, I want a job that would allow me to travel because that's what I love and would allow me to be flexible if I had kids. And that was teaching. And it's absolutely given me those things. And I know not teaching is not for everybody, but I suppose what I'm saying is that sense from a very young age of thinking, what's the life that I want to live? And so I went into teaching, uh, you know, did well enough, was in the south of England. And then again, was coming up to where I live now in Wales to visit family. And I just remember watching cousins and their children thinking, wow, this is a much more connected to nature, slower uh, way of life than the kids in Kent I was watching. And so again, kind of my career in Kent was kind of going up and up and up quite quickly. Um, But I made what some people might have said was a kind of foolish career move. But I decided that actually the lifestyle that I wanted to live was um, where I could uh, live a more, at that time, I remember reading about portfolio lifestyles and thinking, yes, I want a more portfolio lifestyle where I can do more things and I don't have to work so hard. And um, where if I had kids, I'd be around to see them. So I moved to Wales and went right down the, the pecking order and started started again <clears throat> in all ways, socially and career-wise. And then because I was in a new place, I diversified and I thought, well, I'm going to need some friends. So I went off and did some voluntary work. And then the school that I was in at, um, at that time didn't have a sick form. So I was really missing kind of intellectual challenge. So I went off and that's when I did the PhD. So again, so at that point, it wasn't, none of this was conscious, but I was really aware that I had different needs. So the, you know, the hospice work that I did, I didn't do it because it would later help me with my work, which of course now it does, but I did it because I thought I want to, this is something I'm interested in. I'd had an experience of an early bereavement myself. So wanted to help me process that, but I also wanted to meet people. And then um, doing the PhD with the intellectual stimulus and challenge. Um, so that's what I did. So I was looking at what needs I needed meeting in my life uh, and went off and did those things and then fell in love (laughs) with someone abroad 
so again did a really foolish thing some people would have said and um resigned from my job without a job to go to in Spain but took a leap of faith and got a job in Spain at the last minute managed to rent my house out and also at the last minute they gave me a secondment so the reason I went to Spain was definitely following my heart that's where I met my kid's dad so again it wasn't it was looking at the lifestyle that I want to live so I was at the age where I wanted kids um, I, you know, I loved being abroad and then came back with children and then thought well I don't want to be working full-time now so I dropped part-time and again that seemed like career suicide because at that time which would have been nearly 20 years ago now part-timers were seen as a bit of a nuisance and really not committed and so I, although the law was on my side then it definitely wasn't seen as a good career move but that was fine I had enough money to make to, to cover what I needed to cover as a mum and then I got I was still doing the PhD but then I got offers of interesting work that arose out of the PhD um, so I started to do that and that so what that gave me the schoolwork gave me a sort of central spine that paid the bills and put some money towards a pension but um, the other work was interesting and really broadened my connections and pushed me to so I ended up presenting at national conferences on social and emotional aspects of learning and I ended up writing a column for um, a magazine and you know just these amazing opportunities because I'd created a space in my life where I could say yes that banging by the way is a bird knocking on the roof I think it's trying to crack a, a snail that's what that is um and then there were times that so basically there were times in my life where I've worked full-time in education there's most of the time since having children I've had a central strands in my life that's been my bread and butter bills and pension employment and then I've had other work which has kept me interested or introduced me to exciting people or given me opportunities or helped me low you know grow and expand and you know a key thing for me was that throughout my kids primary education in particular I was at every sports day every harvest every um, you know I wasn't at the school gate every morning and every afternoon but I was at least two mornings and two afternoons a week and so I knew their friends and I knew the mums at the school gates and that was really important to me that was part of the lifestyle I wanted to live um and then I suppose another change then I became more conscious of what I was doing probably during the first lockdown where again I made another massive well to some people it would be a massive change and it does involve risk taking so again I had to uh I leave one job I'd applied for other jobs but they hadn't come through so there was a gap I was pretty certain I'd get the other jobs but there was definitely a gap where I was without employment and you know I've got a mortgage and I've got kids and I'm a sole you know sole carer um but I suppose you know by then I was in my 50s I kind of had a sense of this will probably be all right I've done this before and so this time I was much clearer on right what are my needs so um I do one job that gives me almost complete flexibility I can do it whenever I want yeah in my pajamas at any time of night or day 
you know 95 percent of that job is like that which is fantastic because what that means is if it's a bright sunny day like it's been this week um I, yeah i choose to be outside or um you know i go for a swim in the river um and if a friend turns up who I haven't seen for a long time, I can say, yeah, I'm free to see you because I can choose to prioritise my relationships over my work because of that piece of work. But because that piece of work is all home based and online, actually, it doesn't at all meet my need for belonging and community. So I still work in a local school um, where I get that sense of belonging and community and connection to the younger generation that I really, really like. Um, but that fixes me a bit because schools are fixed. Um, so, you know, that's the weakness, which is why it's nice to have it balanced with the very flexible piece of work that I do. I then teach some stuff, teach yoga in the local village. And that's, um, that's yeah, it covers its costs. But what it gives me again is connection to local community, friends. It's fun. I love teaching yoga anyway. Um, so I suppose most of the capital that I get back from that is a sense of my kind of wellness and being able to share wellness um, and community connection. And then <clears throat> my coaching work, some of it's online, some of it's face-to-face. -face. So some of it gives me a sense of connection and belonging. Even online, you get that to a certain extent, but also that's entirely flexible. So I get to you know, decide when that's going to be. So that's because at this time in my life, what I want is freedom and flexibility to be out in nature when you know particularly in the winter when the weather's nice um, I want I was sick of going for walks in the dark so now I can get up and do the work in the dark and I go for a walk in the daylight so I suppose what I'm saying to people is that I think when I talk to people about this they're kind of surprised that it's possible um and I see so many people who feel like there's only the one way to live a life because it's still the major discourse or the major narrative, the major story is get a job, get promoted, get money, get a car. But I think because we're at this point where actually people are beginning to see that we can't carry on with some of these models, you know, whatever your politics, whichever side you're on there's kind of chaos I don't think anyone can really deny the climate catastrophe now we know that there's a massive inequality between people that have money and people that don't have money obviously we're all you know worried about the cost of living at the moment um, <clears throat> and it takes me back to a poster that I remember I used to have on my wall in my 20s which was a picture of a Native American Indian squaw <clears throat> some of you might have had the same picture and it basically said, you know, once we've cut down all the forests and poisoned all the rivers, we'll find that we can't eat money. Um, and I suppose that's to me to have a linear life that separates. That has separate silos is a bit like how we farm, that we have. Monocultures. And, I've, you know, there's mon monocultural fields around here and the soil's really dead and they have to put artificial fertilizer on it. Whereas if you look at a polyculture, which is where there's many cultures growing together, it's much more robust, it's much healthier, it's much more self-sustaining and generative. So, and that's what I find about living a more kind of, uh, I don't know, poly-focused life is that of course, what I'm learning in my academic life, 
I can take in to my coaching world and what I'm hearing in schools links into my academic life and my research work can feed into all of those areas and yoga fits into a lot of areas so actually all these different bits of my life feed into each other um, they all bring in social connection and I suppose one of the things that I'm really able to do is because I've lived quite a diverse life uh, I, I'm quite good at being able to connect people to other people um, and, and for me that increasingly this model of straight up or triangles and promotion and hierarchy is broken it's not how nature works nature works in cycles and it works in webs and so I suppose I see my life much more as a web that there's different strands to it I connect people across strands and there's kind of a safety in that because one part of my work uh, you know during the pandemic one part of my work shut down but I still had another part of my work and it seems to me I guess it's always seemed to me to be a, a pretty risky strategy to put all your eggs in one basket um, in the workplace and to invest so much of yourself in something as anonymous as an institution um, where you're only a function now of course there's different ways of working and different types of company and if you're working for yourself you know there's degrees of that but that when I worked in hospices or you know time and again what people talk about is people and love and relationships and experiences no one ever ever says oh I'm so glad I got that promotion or all that money in my bank account is amazing or um, you know, God, I've loved all the cars that I bought. There, you know, there's often when I was in adult hospices, there was often regret, that, particularly from men, that they hadn't spent more time with their children, um, or from women that they hadn't done, you know, that they hadn't had a career that, you know, that older generation. And I just suppose I've always, because I encountered the death of someone close to me when I was in my really early twenties, I that was a real eye-opener I just thought I want to live a life where I can uh, where there won't be any regrets and of course there's regrets you know like times I shouted at the kids or um, yeah but they're not big regrets they're not I mean who knows I'm still alive let's hope there's no big regrets um, but I just wanted to say to people it's possible you know and I think increasingly possible and increasingly desirable because I if you think about what we're up against now you know that with the cost of living crisis yes we need to earn money but actually money alone won't feed us it's our social connections and um paying for childcare at the moment i know is astronomical but actually if we were all working part-time a bit more we'd do each other's childcare, and we wouldn't be exchanging money we'd be exchanging relationship um so thinking about how to build on networks and, and diversity and to just, I suppose, to, I suppose I wanted to just offer an alternative narrative to you have to have a career plan to think, actually, really, I'm, I'm not sure that that's, 
I think that's a fallacy. So I remember having to do a business plan when I started my coaching business and they were like, oh, you've got to predict how much you're going to be earning. And I just said, well, this is like, you know, trying to predict the future. This is bonkers. And they were like, no, 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 it's really rational. And they took me through this process, which they saw as really rational. It was not. It was completely bonkers because how, how, you know, I didn't had no idea. Still would never have any idea how each year is going to go on that side of my business. But to have a vision of what do I need now and to keep updating it. So my work pattern has changed as my kids have grown up. So they're older now. They don't need me around as much. So I can teach yoga in the evenings because actually, I, you know, they don't, they don't want to talk to me in the evenings anyway. I wouldn't have done that when they were younger. Um, you know, I, I still don't travel very far for work because I like to be around. And my son actually broke his collarbone <laughs> yesterday. And um, I'd literally just got home from one job, which is that even then that's only 15 minutes away. So I could be there immediately. Um, and that matters to me. That matters to me. Um, and so I suppose it's that thing about, are you living a life that matters to you? Are you getting your need? Money's one need, but so is belonging, so is meaning and purpose, so is social connection. You know, if you've got a family and that could be older family, younger family, partners, that has a value too. And then the natural world, yeah, you know, we all saw during the pandemic that we don't have to commute. We can do a lot of work from home, which has to be better for the environment, you know, noise pollution, air pollution. We already know that um, air quality is worse than it has been ever, not ever, but in kind of modern industrial times. So it, having a more local and um, or online or diverse life allows us to make decisions that are not only good for our well-being and our family, but also, you know, for, for the natural world. Because we're starting to think in a more networked way. So that might be waffly. And to some of you, that might be... Um, not important but I know that speaking to people in their 20s and 30s there's a real desire to know that there's a different way and and my way has been to always think about what kind of life do I want to live what matters at the moment and and to make work fit into that rather than to change my whole life for work because most of us have seen how fickle workers you know we lots of people laid off during the pandemic um yeah i think i've gone on enough anyway have a good day i can't find the off button now because i'm sitting in the sun so i can't see where the curse has gone oh so i'm just gonna do that